But right now, we're going to talk a little golf, a little tennis with Pam Maldonado, as we do every Wednesday, betting analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook and Odds Checker. Pam, how are you doing? Sorry about your Jags. That was a devastating loss, but I think they're going to be back and even better next year with Kelvin Ridley, as long as uh, he doesn't have any action on tonight's games, of course. I don't think at all that it was a devastating loss. We have seen such progressions from Trevor Lawrence and this team come together. I mostly just love that after he had threw four interceptions in the first half in the, the previous week, he had all of his confidence in the world. So that's the type of quarterback that you want to have with you on roster in the following year. Why? Because he's proving that progressions can be made. And that's what the NFL is all about, making progressions. So I'm looking forward to the 2023 season. We're looking here, Pam, at this Farmers Insurance Open. And I'm going to be honest, I forgot yep. that it started on Wednesday. <laughs> I forgot uh, until until tonight, really. And I, I thought to myself, well, we should have had Pam on a day early uh, to get her picks for the PGA Tour. We've got John Rahm uh, sitting there in the standings. Uh, he was the leader in the clubhouse to win it all. Not so much anymore. We've got Justin Thomas plus 800. Uh, what are your thoughts on this tournament? Who do you feel like there's still some value on? Is it John Rahm who's now down to 20 to 1 to win it all? I mean, why not? <laughs> At this point, when it comes to John Rahm, if he is anything within 10 strokes of a lead, you cannot count Rom out, and he has proven it time and time again. So sprinkling a few dollars at 20 to 1 is the best number you're going to find for him, so why not do it? But I am looking at Will Zalatoris because, I mean, he's four under on the round. He had six birdies coming after the end of the day. He left more on the course. There was actually, they showed footage, a montage of all of the missed putts that he had. Mm -hmm. We know that Willie Z has trouble putting. This is not a surprise, but he actually usually performs really well here at this course or this tournament. And he says how much he loves um, playing this event. So, I mean, he had 78% greens in regulation. So his ball striking is still solid. That is what he is known best for as usual. He, it's just his putting. He needs to take advantage of some of those birdie opportunities. And if he does, he's going to be right back into top five contention. So instead of maybe taking an outright for Willie Z, I would consider maybe like a top 10 finish. I was looking before the tournament. We were talking about it yesterday. And I also like Max Homa, California kid. These types mm -hmm. of Poana greens he usually plays pretty well on. He's still four yeah. under as well and 20 to one. Do you like him for anything? 10 to one? I mean, uh, top 10, top five, anything? Absolutely. I think you could consider Homo also for a top five. Um, if you're getting re really good value at a top 10 plus for me, plus money is good value. So if you're getting plus for either a top 10 or a top five, I would aim for both. Homo was actually one of the players that I liked entering the tournament. So he's kind of right on par with how I expected that he could be, which is a top 20 finish. 72% greens and regulation. Driving accuracy was 71%. He only had one birdie. So he himself needed to kind of make up some of those birdie opportunities that he left out on the course. But if he does, and you said it, he likes his Poana greens. So if he can keep that in check, there's still three more rounds to go. I, he's going to make the cut. Let's see how he finishes. I like him also for a top five, top 10. Uh, as far as the Australian open, anything that you like either, you know, coming up here or anything that you think that you could still find some value with in the future market, especially if you did play something, maybe like a hedging opportunity, or are you just kind of sticking with what you had? The Australian Open is working out exactly as I hoped. Yeah. We have Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas. Those are the two players that I um, predicted to be in the final. Tsitsipas right now is sitting at 4-1 to one to win the tournament. I would sprinkle some of that. If, if you do not have a futures ticket on Novak Djokovic, who right now is minus 200 to win the tournament, uh, minus 500 to win the tournament, I'm sorry. Wow. If you do not have yeah. a futures ticket... 
if you do not have a futures ticket on the Australian Open in the men's side, I would sprinkle some at four to one for Stefano Sitsipas because he is still the next person that he is playing um, is Karen Kachanov. He has a five and zero head to head record. Kachanov, as good as he is, he has a big serve. He has a big forehand. He sucks against really great players. Can I? Am I allowed to say that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. We say much has worse. Has a ten and. Yeah, Hatch- Karen Hatchinoff, he has a 10 and 40 record against top 10 opponents. Sitsipas is number four. He has a super mind problem. He That's the last component that he needs in order to excel in his career. So I'm going to fade Her- Karen Hatchinoff until he proves me otherwise. So for me, it is still Sitsipas, Novak in the final, and you're not going to get four to one odds in the final. It's going to be lower than that. So just for value sake, Sitsipas can definitely at least contend against Djokovic. I don't hate that at all. I might have to do a little bit of that. Let's uh let's go over to the NFL. So, I'm curious, Pam, because the Bengals line has moved all over the place, right? It started Bengals plus two and a half. Last night it was Bengals minus two and a half. It's sitting here at Bengals minus one right now. Now that Joe, um, now that Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, was a full participant in practice, which Ryan actually projected because he's probably going to be shot up with Toradol today and not shot up tomorrow. So there's a lot of people who think that this is a legacy game for Pat Mahomes because he hasn't beaten Joe Burrow yet. Uh, To me with Pat Mahomes on one leg, it feels like why would I, why would I fade Joe Burrow in this spot, especially considering how he was able to do with, you know, offensive line problems. What is your thought on this matchup? How do you see it playing out? And is there any props that you like in it? I'm holding a Bengals to play in the Super Bowl futures ticket. So I'm going to keep writing that until, I mean, I mean I'm going to trust that if what I saw a month ago, two months ago is still what's going to happen here in this matchup against the Chiefs. And this is not at all because Joe Burrow is 3-0 against the Chiefs. It is because of the defense for the Cincinnati. This defense is so good. The reason why the Bengals got into the Super Bowl last season was because they had the number one best defense in second half scoring. They were limiting opponents to field goals, not not allowing touchdowns and in turn allowed Joe Burrow behind a terrible offensive line to kind of make up. It was the defense that was holding the team up this season. It's pretty much been the same. They were the best third quarter defense last season. This year, it matters even more. The Bengals are the best fourth quarter defense in the league, and they have held in 18 games, almost, what was it? 14 teams to three points or less in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, including Mahomes, they have in the three games that they've won in the last three in the last two seasons, they have held the Chiefs to exactly two field goals in three games. If you're talking about a team that's going to come out with an outright win, I am going to trust that Joe Burrow is a hell of a good quarterback. He has done a really good job of having a quicker release. He's one of the fastest throwers in the NFL, and he's done really well with uh, limiting his sacks. He has 16 sacks in his last eight games compared to 30 sacks in his first eight. So you're talking about ball protection, quicker release. The sacks should be uh, non-existent, in my opinion, and the best defense in the fourth quarter to close out a game. Give me the Bengals on the money line. I love Patrick Mahomes, but this is Joe Burrow all the way and the Bengals defense. Uh, What are your thoughts on the NFC Championship game? I feel like this is going to be a good live betting game. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Both of these teams really good, but, man, Jalen's awesome when he's healthy. The total is 46-and-a-half. Anything for you here? 
I cannot make up my mind I know. <laughs> when it comes to the 49ers and the Eagles. And the reason is because I have some bias. I took the 49ers back in October to win the Super Bowl. And I know that this is Jalen Hurts and this defense is just as good. And it's the 49ers on the road who have just not been as solid as compared to when they're playing at home. So my head is telling me Eagles, but my heart is still holding on to the 49ers to come out with the win. But for me, like I am looking at Nick Bosa and I don't care about Brock Purdy. I don't care about the offensive weapons. This is going to be the 49ers need to step up in this spot here and be the competitive monster to contend and hold Jalen Hurts to nothing. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's top three quarterback when throwing from a clean pocket. He drops to 31st when under pressure. The Eagles, they should have difficulty running against the best rushing defense in the league. So now you're going to force Jalen Hurts to go into a passing game situation, and he just really hasn't played a lot of solid passing defenses. The last time we saw was against Washington. He threw an interception. Now you're going against the 49ers, who are second best in the league at forcing interceptions. We saw Prescott throw two, though they he also does lead the league in interceptions. <laughs> so how much of that can you really use? So it's just the 49ers here for me. They have to step it up in this situation. Brock Purdy has to play smart if they do. The plus two and a half is a play, and they always say the spread never really comes into action. Yeah. This late in the season, they all usually come out with a win. So I'm just going to trust that Kyle Shanahan, he knows what he's doing with this with this team. He's gonna find the he's gonna find what, how to exploit the Eagles, which no team has really done been able to do this season, and hopefully come out with a win. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> do you do you like uh, the under in this game? Because it feels like if San Francisco is going to win, they're going to need to keep the Eagles at bay. And this isn't a particularly high-scoring team normally with Proc Birdie. We saw that against Dallas's defense. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. If you're leaning to the 49ers, it's because the defense is doing its job. If you're leaning to the Eagles, then you're probably leaning to the over because the Eagles offense is just going to run all over the San Francisco defense, which no team has been able to do. So um, I would lean to the under. I don't really feel confidently about a, about a total for either game, to be honest. I would probably, for the Bengals and the Chiefs, look to the under just because it's Mahomes potentially hobbled and then the Bengals defense doing a good job of limiting opponents in the fourth quarter. Maybe that lends to an under. Do you have any favorite props this weekend? Jalen Hurts to throw an interception. <laughs> yeah, let's see what that I mean, number is. Pam, can actually, I they're getting plus money on that. Yeah. Pam, I got one for you. All right, so... Brock Purdy is definitely throwing a pick. I played it last week, and he tried to serve ah. up three, but Dallas just just refused to take the football away for some reason. I promise you, it's a little juicy, but Brock Purdy's definitely throwing well, a pick. And then I also want Brock to talk Purdy to you. Is into minus, Brock Purdy is minus money. Jalen Hurts is plus money, and I like plus money options. Yeah. And the 49ers, they have not faced a mobile quarterback since Marcus Mariota in week six. Mariota, oh, Jalen Hurts, anytime rushing touchdown as well. Because they haven't placed uh, – mobile quarterback since Marcus Mariota, who had a rushing touchdown in that game. So I do also like anytime touchdown for Jalen Hurts. See, that's why we love you on here, because you're plus EV. I'm out here giving minus 140 chalky props on Purdy, and you come on here, you give us Jalen. I want to talk you into an exact Super Bowl matchup, 14 to 1, all right? I've seen this in my head already. We're going to get the Travis oh, yeah. Kelsey Bowl. It's going to be Travis oh. against Jason Kelsey, Chiefs against the Eagles. Oh, Kelsey's mom, she's going to be torn. She's not going to know who to root for. It's all we're going to talk about media day. It's just going to be those two going back and forth. They're big personalities. They do a podcast together. It's tremendous. I've just already seen it. So 
I think the bet to make is either Jalen Hurts, Super Bowl MVP, or Mahomes, because if one of those teams wins, especially if the Chiefs win, Mahomes on one leg, nobody's playing with this injury. You know he's winning Super Bowl MVP. Can you buy into that, though? The Kelsey, the, the Kelsey Bowl, we'll call it. If you believe that the NFL is rigged, 100% you can believe in the Kelsey brothers facing against each other because they want nothing more than Jalen Hurts, who is an MVP candidate against Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback of our generation, head-to-head. Kelsey brothers, yes, give it to me. He's hobbled. Jalen Hurts is coming back from injury. This is the matchup that the NFL wants. They will make it happen. I'm all in. Thanks so much. I'm with you on Will Zell Taurus this weekend, so let's uh, root him home. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. I like Willie, too.